Welcome to the In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast, resources, and other ways to get connected, please visit inthelight.church. I got a thought here, and I really want to just stir something up. I don't know if this is fitting for a baptism service, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to work it out. Uh, so let me just read the scripture here. It's found in Luke 15. We'll start there. I believe it starts in verse 1. It says this. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahazai, the son of Ahatub, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. There would not be a test on that, so you don't have to worry. He was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes which Jonathan, by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozes, and the name of the other, Sine. The front of one faced northward opposite Michmash, and the other southward opposite Gibeah. There would not be a test on that. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. So both of them showed themselves to the garrisons of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have been, they've have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. And there was trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled and the earthquake, so that it was a very great trembling. Father God, we thank you for your word, how it is timeless, how it speaks to us in our now. I pray, Father God, that as your word is delivered this morning, that those who might have been questioning where they're at, what's happening, and where they're called to be, will be struck with an insight that will awaken them 
to awaken them, to bring them forth into a destiny that's worthy of a king. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Grammys are this occasion where uh, many people are looking on and they're celebrating uh, people and their acting. So when they're celebrating the people that are acting, the people are not like this in real life. They just can act well. And so they we're celebrating not their real life and how they're acting according to their real life. We're celebrating and acknowledging and watching on because we admire their acting skills. We just like the way they act. They're like, man, they pulled that off so well. Um, but then it, then it kind of unnerves us that when we find out about many of these actors is that what they are on screen is not who they are in real life. So they're like two different people. I remember finding out about Bob Saget, who was on Full House. Anybody, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I know there's Fuller House now. Yeah, yeah. So Bob Saget, one of the fathers on Full House, seemed like the most caring and loving dude. But in real life, he is a foul-mouthed comedian. I was shocked when I saw him kind of like doing his thing. I was like, this dude is raunchy. How is, how is whatever his name was on Full House uh, acting that way? It threw me for a loop that though they are able to act the part, many of these actors don't have their act together. You hear me? They, they, they know how to act the part, but many of them don't have their act together. And your life is, is also on a screen. Might not be on a TV screen, but it might be on the screen that, you're hold, that you have in your pocket. Your life is on a screen as well. It's real quiet in here. You, you're waiting where I'm going? And, 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 but what's on the screen is not real life. It's just what you're showing on the screen. It's like what you're portraying and what you want other people to believe about your life. And, and it's good. It might be capturing moments or what have you. But for the most part, um, it, it, we, we could do like this for the, some of the people that we see on the screen. We can, we can give them an award of themselves. We can say, the Grammy for the most beautiful. What's that? Sorry, sorry. The Oscar. The Oscar goes to the most beautiful, hard-to-live-with brat that has been wasting their time for the last two hours on things that, on things that they shouldn't be working on. It's got quiet in here. Because we know it's true. You are on our phones and we're on those screens and we're trying to get those perfect shots and it's not real life. It's not real life, but it's what you're portraying and showing others. And a lot of us, although that's what we're showing in real life and that's what other people show other people on the screen, they really don't have their act together. And so the most significant actions that we're going to make Actions, the most significant actions that we're going to make or going to do many times don't even happen on screen. It's like it's all the stuff that happens off screen. It's like that moment, right, where, you, where, you, where you're 
you're hearing the altar call and the pounding in your chest and the Holy Spirit is moving and the songs are perfect and the temperature is all right. And, and, and then you're just like, you just feel God. Remember that, uh, that salvation moment where you just felt the pull of God. And then you were like, I, I'm, I'm going to answer this altar call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk up to this uh, altar and pray this prayer. But you, you, you forgot, right? You're like, you didn't turn to your friend during that time and say, you know what? Will you just capture this on my Insta story real quick? Can you just, God is really moving right now. I feel like my life is about to be transformed. I mean, the tears are genuine and everything. Why don't you just follow me up? Matter of fact, you go to the front and just film me as I go down. Capture me while I'm there. Give somebody praying for me. Give me all that. Your most significant moments in life, your moment of salvation was never caught on the screen. But that's real life. That was a real moment, wasn't it? Didn't catch it on the screen, but it was a real moment. And many of those moments we saw, even this moment of people being baptized and all that stuff, there's so much going on inside of them that can't be captured on the screen. See, if, if we were really to see what was going on, if God was to peel back the veil and kind of us see what was going on in heaven, we would see what it talks about in Hebrews 12, uh, or in Luke 15, 7, is that when you're coming up, is that you, you can't see this, but heaven is doing somersaults as you're coming to receive salvation. I mean, that's real life. Something, something is happening in heaven. There's all this activity. It's this, it's this, I don't know, maybe kind of like this Bollywood moment in heaven. And you're like, thinking, 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 thinking. And like, you're just walking down and... And heaven is so excited at that moment of you coming and getting your act together. Hebrews 12, 1 talks about we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And so just, 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 just think about this. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. I'm talking about these, these are the heroes and the saints. These are the ones that you look up to. These are the ones that we get inspired by when you hear the word of God and how God has used their lives. These are like the Davids and the Esthers and the Ruths and the Elijahs. And this is the cloud of witnesses that are looking down and the only screen, they're not glued to any screen. They don't got no iPhone. They don't have no Android phone. They're not up there on a computer just, you know, updating their, their Insta stories, their TikToks and all that other stuff. They are, they are glued to your life and how you're living your life. They're there and they are witnesses. They're, they're just, just imagine like if they were to see your story and as they're looking at your life, Shouldn't we be getting our act together just for the sake of the heroes of the faith and the people of God that we've admired, that have inspired us? Shouldn't we just get our act together because they are witnesses that are looking to cheer us on and people that are just there? Don't, don't, don't you want to just do it for the home team? This is the reality is that they are looking at our lives and they're viewing us. So in light of that, why don't we do something for God? Why don't we live our life and let's just do something for God? There's so much that we do for ourselves. There's so much we do for other people. How about we live our lives for the witnesses that are up there cheering us on, saying, come on, you can do it, so-and-so. 
Let's do something for God. Let's give them something to cheer about. Let's get our act together, is what I'm saying. If we could just get our act together and make our real life a real life of supernatural, a real life of revival, a real life that's worthy of the salvation and the forgiveness of the Savior. If we could just have that kind of life and just do something for God and not just pass through life paying bills, looking who's going to be our future spouse. We got married. Now you're paying bills. Now you're trying to purchase a house. And all those great things, those are great things, but let's do something for God. Let's not have them want to switch the channel. Let's not have them say, man, this is, this is, this is hard. This is so hard to look at. They've got all that Holy Spirit inside of them. They have all that power inside of them. And that's all they're going to, they're going to choose to be normal with their lives. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. So let's get our act together. I was uh, watching this video lately, and, um, and I, I don't know if you watched it, but it was uh, Kanye West talking to his wife, Kim Kardashian. I see a lot of us have uh, just got awakened after I said that. Um, so I, I want to I show you this video because when I watched it, something struck me that I feel like is almost... A good, a good contrast to maybe us and the people of God when we look at the dichotomy between Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. If you guys could throw that out, that'd be great. Let's look at this conversation. You can now say that you're not into me wearing a tight you dress. You are my wife, and it affects me when pictures are too sexy. Of course, it's like a formal underwear. It's hot. It's like it's hot for who, though? So, like, the night before the event, you're going to come in here and say that you're not into a corset vibe. I just feel like I've just went through this transition where from being a rapper, like looking at all these girls and looking at my wife, like, oh, my girl needs to be just like the other girl, showing her body off, showing this, showing that. And I didn't realize that that was affecting like my soul and my spirit as someone that's married and loved and the father of like now with about to be four kids. Kim, shut that down real quick. You built me up to have be this like sexy person and confidence and all this stuff. Yes. And just because you're on a journey and you're on your transformation doesn't mean that I'm in the right I'm in the same spot with you that right there just because you are where you are doesn't mean I'm with you and when I saw that I said man isn't that like most of what's happening in church is that there's a leader that's looking to lead a family and a people in a certain place that they're going through a transformation and they're they're trying to move out of what was into what could be and now they're being convicted about it and now they're trying to move forward in some better things and do something for God as Kanye West was expressed I'm trying to do something for God and I'm, I'm trying to act on that thing and move it forward so he's like this is real life and and then the bride the bride is not there yet so the bride is not willing to bring her act because she has a different act. And this is the actions that he's looking to take. But there's actions that she's taken and that she's living with. And whatever it's doing, it, it's, it's, it's because of the money. It's because of the Lord. It's just because that's all that person knows. And you just see in that moment that they're unwilling to put their act together. 
So it's not just about them individually, but it's saying, how can we act together? How can we move forward together? Because many times there's movements that are taking place and leaders who want to move in a certain position, a certain place, yet the body, the bride, and the people really are not wanting to go anywhere. Just because you're their pastor, just because you're their leader, just because you want to move in that direction doesn't mean I want to move in that direction. I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So when we read this about Jonathan, when we read the story about Jonathan and we read the story about his armor bearer, the story that we're seeing is that they are surrounded by the enemy. The Philistine army is surrounding Jonathan. His father is King Saul. They're, they're all surrounded. And, and they're kind of poised for battle, but they just put themselves all in a position and they're just pretty they're stationary. They are where they are. So they're, they're the, the, the Hebrews, and they're together. They're sitting in their camp, and they're not really advancing. They're just there. And then you have the Philistines, and that's the enemy. The enemy actually has more people, so they're outmanned. The Hebrews are outmanned and outgunned or outweaponed because they don't have many weapons. If you read before that in the story, you read that the, the, the Hebrews didn't have much weaponry because the Philistines had took all their blacksmiths. And so they don't have the modern weaponry and they're outmanned. And the Hebrews, they, they all come together. They're in the position they're in, stationary, and so is the head enemy in that same place. And then Jonathan gets tired of just sitting there and saying, you know what? It, you know, it, it's cool. I mean, all we're doing is around the campfire, talking conversing. He said, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to be about it. Hmm. I, 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 I'm not just talking about how good and great and powerful and victorious our God is. I want to demonstrate what it looks like through a life. So he, so he, he peels away from all of the other people of God and saying, let's go over here and see what God does. Because it, it, we're in the camp, we're in church, that's all good. But I want to do something for God, basically. I want to do something for Let, Let's go over here and do something for God. And his armor bearer some, says something so fascinating and so, so awesome. It's what every leader wants to hear. It's turning to Jonathan. He doesn't say, you go over there if God put that on your heart. You go and do that. Let me know how it goes. He doesn't pull a Kim Kardashian. Just because you're transforming doesn't mean I'm where you're at. If you want to go after the enemy and put yourself out there. So, so he doesn't do any of those things. He says, you know what? Whatever God has put on your heart, I'm with you. So if you're going to take those actions... I'm going to get my act together, put my act with your act, and we're going to do this together. We're going to move forward in this in unison. And, and, and so they, they move forward, and, and we read the story, right? They move forward, and basically it's like, well, if, if, if they call us up there, we know the victory is ours. And they, two guys take out a garrison, and as a result of that, the earth begins to shake. I don't know if you get that. 
the earth begins to shake. The people begin to shake. The raiders begin to shake. It says everybody begin, got shook. Everything got shook as a result of two guys that got their act together and did something for God. Wow. See, see, a, a lot of times what we find is that typically we only act when the enemy attacks. We only act. That's, that's typically what we do. We, we, we might be like, yeah, I will be Jonathan. I'll be like that armor bearer. But typically, you know, in our humanness, we are people that much of the time we do the same thing. We go up and we camp out somewhere. And as long as the enemy is advancing, I'm not going to advance. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to be in this safe zone, in this safe place with my camp, with my church, with my tribe, with my people. And we're just going to talk about the good old days of the things that God did once upon a time. And most of the times we just do a reenactment around the campfire. That's all it is. It's just we're talking about man, my testimony is awesome. Like you only got one testimony, real? For real? One testimony. God only did one thing in your life. And that's probably what they were doing, sitting around the campfire, just rehearsing. You know, I used to be like this, but now I'm like this. And God, this, and, 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 and I, would, I would just kind of put out there that that was possibly what King Saul and the, most of the army were doing is just sitting around the campfire, talking and just pulling up the history channel. They were just pulling up the history channel, talking about those times and those days, which, which really... Uh, that's, that's what we all lean towards. We all lean towards comfort and we all lean, toward, lean towards stationary. And, and, and let a family crisis happen. Let a financial strain take place. Let a relational rift happen. And what begins to conjure up in us, that's when the enemy starts advancing, right? What conjures up in us is desperation faith. Is we just, we have faith because we're desperate for it. We're like, oh my God, like I need God now because like my, my money's acting funny. I, I need God now because my relationships are out of whack. It's only when the enemy advances that we advance. But I think sometimes the enemy doesn't mind just getting in a place and saying, you can't go further than this. And us getting to a place that we are unwilling to go any further because where the enemy is, that he's also content with that. So he knows, oh, I don't want them to have faith. Let me just get to a place where they are limited in their life. They're living in the past and just reenacting the things in the past and what's taking place. And they're just sharing the good old testimonies of the good old days and when things and what God used to do. But nothing is happening now. They're not doing anything for God today. I told you it would be hard because this wasn't like a baptism speech. I, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, our church is known... Just to let you know, and why a lot of people might have a hard time being here for long, is because we are calling people higher. So we're going to challenge the mind, so everything. We, we'll, we'll disciple you right from the pulpit if you're not being discipled in a home. We will just let you know. We will provoke you. We will challenge you because we know you've been born for so much more. That's where it's coming from, y'all. You've been born for so much more. And there's a great cloud of witnesses up there looking to just cheer you on for you to finally achieve what you've been called to achieve. And so that's why these words come out. We just, we just, you could go to places 
where they'll teach you a nice, cute, buttoned-up sermon about ways that you can smile and make everybody like you. Ways that you can win friends and influence, or, or win enemies and influence people. And all that stuff is good. You can read that book by Dale Carnegie, but up in here, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk to you about things that are a matter of life and death. And there is a real enemy who is camped out. And if he doesn't advance, it might be because he just wants to keep you complacent. We got to get our act together because there's so much more to us. So what we see with David, and I'm sorry, what you see with Jonathan and his armor bearer is that they're not looking to just stay there. They don't have a desperation faith. They are looking to be on the, the, like some future episodes of some stuff. They're looking to be on the future channel. They don't want their life to be some kind of romance novel. They're not trying to be a romance genre. And, and, and a lot of our lives are more the, the drama genre. They're like, I think in my life, and I think the life that is lived by the faithful sons and daughters of God are suspense thrillers. It's always like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Oh my God. No, they didn't. Are they going for it again? It's a suspense thriller. I mean, there's some romance along the way and there's some other stuff and there's, but, but many of our lives are the genre of horror, comedy, just funny to watch you. Like watching paint on a wall, like dry up. It's just like, that's funny that a life filled with so much power would be content to be a wallflower and just something that just dries up because it's just, anyway. So, so with Jonathan, he had what we call an expectant faith. It just wasn't desperation faith. It was, I want to see God do something. I'm expecting God to do something. So I'm going to step in to this place, I'm going to step away from the camp and step into this place where God can do something. Because obviously I'm just back at the camp and nothing's happening here. There's nothing. We're just talking about the good old days. Yet he says, in order for God to do something, I need to act. And my acts can't be acts of complacency. They have to be actions. Actions. We have to move forward in something. And so here is Jonathan and his armor bearer saying, we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to be about it. We're not just going to sit here and just listen to everybody else talk about those things. We're going to do something great for God. What I love the most is the rookies. I love rookies. You ever hear this book by Liz Wiseman called Rookie Smarts? I like the rookies. I like the people who first got into this thing because there is something about them, y'all. And this is just a secret between me and you guys. It's something about people being here longer, the veterans, that sometimes they're not doing anything for God. Sometimes the title makes them feel entitled. And they're no longer doing something for God. They just got titles. Woo! But it's something about the rookie. It's something about those people when they first come in, man. I love the hunger. I love whatever you want to do, whatever you want to go. Where, where are we going? What do we need to do? What's happening? Glowfest is when? When are you doing a service? On Wednesday? I'll be there in a service. I remember when people were coming here. You only have service on Sundays. Can you have a midweek? You only have it twice a week. Can you have them more than twice a week? And I remember those days. That's when they were rookies. 
Now I was like, man, you got too many services. <laughs> another revival, another event. God does something in your life where now you, you came with a broken marriage. You came all jacked up. God did some things. And now it's like, okay, God, you can go on a sabbatical. I can take it from here. And you're no longer doing something from God. You're sitting there in the camp. And the enemy's in the other camp. And he's cool with you just sitting there, not able to, you're not going to move forward any further than that moment. But Jonathan is not going to have it. Jonathan's like, I want to see God do something. I'm tired of God's enemies advancing on us. Who are these uncovenant, uncircumcised Philistines that are trying to take away our joy and our children and our family? I just can't leave them there while we're over here and got all this power and heaven's muscle on our side. We got to do something. We got to act today. And God doesn't need a bunch of people. He just needs a faithful few. Just give me a remnant. Just give me one who comes beside me and says, yes, I don't need the crowd. He could do it with a few. He could do it with many. Isn't that awesome? That that is our God. When you have an expected type of faith and you choose to act and say, let's do something for God. I don't even know what's going to happen, but I know we're going for it for God. I know, I know he's able I know that he's done it before. You know, all those guys talking about their history. I'm trying to make the future. Let's go make the future. And he took his armor bearer and his armor bearer's like, I'm about it, about it. Come on. What's up? What's our gang sign? What's our gang sign? You know, he's like, let's get this together. Let's, let's get a little secret handshake about this thing before we. He was so about it that he was willing to go. This was a rookie. This was an armor bearer. This was just somebody who said, I have an act. You have an act. You have a part of the story. I have a part of the story. I'm looking to link up my act with your act. Let's get our act together. And when our act comes together, there is always a victory. There's always a power that's unleashed. There's always a smile from heaven. There's always a God saying, that, watch what's about to happen. I don't need an army. I just need a faithful few that have expectant faith, that step right where I want them to step. I, you know, I am just looking for, I could really use an armor bearer like Jonathan had an armor bearer for this rain conference. I've been thinking about this rain conference. I'm like, man, we only have 32 people registered. Hmm. That might be just the front row here. 32 people registered. And the reason why we moved venues is because we were saying we we're anticipating a bunch of people. And the reason why we were anticipating a bunch of people because we want to do something for God. So when we put on these things, it's like, oh, not another conference. It's like, no, we're bringing apostolic voices into our city that know how to bring tr city transformation. Isn't this the whole thing of why we're here, why we've been birthed? I just need, see... See, I, I, I sometimes get tired of talking to crowds. I just rather talk to one and just say, can you link up with me? Can you just help me with these 20? Can, you, can we do something together for God? I just believe God's going to do something, for example, in this rain conference that is, is something for this city. It's just something I heard in my spirit. It's something that you saw the favor of God. And when we reached out to people that normally don't say yes to any, anything, Sometimes I wonder if we get it, but it's okay if we don't get it. You might be a rookie on this thing. You might just be, a, I'm just an armor bearer. I'm just a rookie. I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just, I just showed up. But if you're saying, do whatever's in your heart, I will be with you. That's when things begin to tremble and shake. That's when God begins to do something in our city is when we get our act together. I could really use an armor bearer like Jonathan.
that says, hey, I'm committed to five people. I'm going to go out and get five people, and I'm going to encourage them to register and get out there. I'm, I'm, I, can, I can get five people. I can get five people. If all, we all do our part and get our act together instead of this is what the leaders want to do. Kanye, that's what God put on your heart. But I'm still doing me. I'm still working this out. See, it's like the head and the body want to do two different things. You know, it's, it's, there's a reason why Jesus sent out the disciples two by two. He didn't send them out one. He says two by two. Because when people put their act together, they're going to come back with a testimony. And they're going to say the demons trembled when we went. That people were healed everywhere we went. I mean, the power of God was everywhere. Signs, wonders, and miracles. And Jesus looks at them and says, I saw Satan fall from the sky like lightning onto the earth. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? It's like sons of glory and daughters of glory coming together and getting their act together, doing something for God because they got a cloud of witnesses. Let's do something for God. Let's make Elijah proud. Let's like Moses kind of like, that's what's up. Let's make a Ruth say, that's my girl. Let's, let's, let's do something with a cloud of witnesses because what's on the screen of your phone and on your computer is just an act you're putting on. That's great for the crowd, but let's do something for the cloud. Amen. Look, come on, bars. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Subscribe to our podcast and social media outlets to be kept up to date with everything going on at In the Light Ministries of Philadelphia.